President Joe Biden has made an unexpected visit to Ukraine. But in the era of Zoom links, what is the significance of a leader visiting an allied nation, especially during a time of war? I'm Paul, U.S. Army combat veteran. We are going to be breaking that down, plus all the updates on the Ukraine front lines right now. Let's get into it. Okay, first, let's talk a little bit about the big story, which is President Biden making an unexpected visit to Kiev. Uh, and ask the big question, which is why? Obviously, you can get on just about any website and they'll tell you what has gone on, which is that President Biden made an unannounced visit to Ukraine Monday, meeting with uh, President Zelensky. And when his own press release, let's see if we can get this opened up here, in his own press release, he has said that, of course, he is there to reaffirm his unwavering and unflagging commitment to Ukraine's democracy, sovereignty, and territorial integrity. Uh, right? They are officially, their discussion includes... Um, a discussion of his support for Ukraine, and it's concurrent with an announcement of a, an additional aid package with artillery ammunition, anti-armor systems, air surveillance radars, and additional sanctions against Russian elites and companies that are trying to evade Russia's sanctions. Um, now, let's talk a little bit about what these sort of state visits mean. And this is actually pretty important because there's levels to these sort of, of, of meanings, right? The, the most explicit level is exactly what he says he's doing, which is reaffirming their support uh, and commitment to, to the Ukraine conflict. And the reason that this is, is important is because these official state visits literally um, are standing shoulder to shoulder with an ally, Right. And this is significant because when you, obviously, there are words, which sometimes can be not insignificant, but, but countries paying lip service to things they don't like is one thing. For example, the U.S. may say uh, it, it disagrees with the Chinese treatment of Uyghur Muslims, for an ex a pretty obvious example. Um, but... There are no sanctions imposed on China or on the specific, uh, you know, companies that manufacture there. And so you go, man, there's words over here, but there's no actions to back up those words. And so you learn something about the country's level of actual commitment behind its words. And so the more signaling devices you can use to indicate to a country the sincerity of your words, uh, the more they are going to credibly take you. And visiting a capital city... Um, uh, standing literally shoulder to shoulder with the with your allies, especially in a time of conflict, assuming some level of risk, um, that is a sign of uh, an action that shows sustained solidarity. Uh, this is important because there have been a number of, of leaks and anonymous reports that the U.S. Uh, has at least indicated to Ukraine that the their ability to provide support is not infinite and unlimited. Um, and so, but being out here, uh, this is a sign that at least for, you know, the, the 24 hours or so the trip took, um, there was nothing more important on the U.S. president's agenda than 
showing their support for Ukraine. Um, of course, they made, you know, Biden visited the embassy. He visited significant cultural sites, a memorial for fallen Ukrainian soldiers, um, all of which are, you know, significant. Um, but there's also almost certainly in his agenda time carved out for specific discussions. And this is, I think, the other and maybe less explicitly stated um, reason for his visit is because sometimes the message is the messenger. Imagine at your own job, if your first line manager came up to you and said, hey, John, make sure you get those reports in on time. Uh, you know, they're, they're, they're due Friday and, you know, we, we got to make sure they're in. You'd go, Okay. Yeah. No worries, boss. I gotcha. Now imagine the CEO of your company came, said the exact same set of words. Make sure you get those reports in on time. They're due Friday. You would be crossing every T and dotting every I. Not because the message changed, but because the messenger changed. Because you'd say to yourself, there's something about these reports this week that is so critical that the CEO came down and emphasized it. So there's probably, I believe, some sort of message that the U.S. has been putting out that they wanted to put the biggest stamp on possible. And uh, I, my opinion, and I don't, there's no evidence for this, my opinion is that it's to re-emphasize the fact that Ukraine uh, has to show battlefield gains against the Russians, and Ukraine has to have an end game in mind. And I think that is ultimately where this goes right. What Biden doesn't want to have to do is face a pretty contentious re-election period, which is coming up, um, with the specter of the Ukraine conflict hanging over his head. It's been a source of criticism from the right, uh, both the amount of aid, the seeming unlimited, uh, uh, the high dollar value of the aid that's gone in. And so for him to be able to show a uh, wrapped up victory, even if it's a victory with a little asterisk, um, that is going to make a huge difference or something something very close to victory, uh, a, a de another decisive campaign. Um, now, by sending, of course, Biden, right, that message is going to be communicated in the highest and clearest form. Um, and again, I think this is something that's significant, right? Zelensky is, is a savvy actor. He understands that Biden needs to show uh, that his support in Ukraine has really done done well. It obviously already has in the sense that Ukraine without this aid would have uh, had almost no chance against the Russian war machine. Um, but, you know, we the, the NATO allies cannot play for uh, what's the word I want? We can't play to a draw. Um, they need to show the elected public that this also is a uh, game that we can win. And it sometimes looks tough. Like we've said, we're measuring these progress, this progress in um, dozens of meters when what you need is, of course, uh, hundreds of kilometers of territory retaken. Um, and we've seen some victories, right? Ukrainian forces successfully executed the Kharkiv offensive, successfully executed an a, a, um, a, a level of pressure in Kherson so great that the Russians withdrew without much of a fight. And so 
there's real possibility they they the full weight of the Russian war machine came after them in Bakhmut and Ukrainian forces have held the city um but it's there needs to be more decisive victories to show NATO allies that this aid is not going to 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 stall or create a never-ending war um he has to show that this is more that these the support has to be rewarded with a real clear progress towards victory. Uh, and I think that's the message, if I had to guess, behind Biden's visit. The real reason, of course, you make these big state visits. Now, let's talk a little bit about the control map, which is interesting for its own set of reasons. Um First off, we can see there are a few changes to the front. The first one we'll talk, we'll go from north to south, is near Cremina. And remember the Cremina-Lyman axis, uh, where, again, I thought the brunt of the Russian offensive effort would be located. Um, and you can see here that actually... Uh, either this is part of a counterattack, I think it's actually more likely that this is probably just a repositioning since this is open fields and there's not really a clear reason why Ukrainian forces would want to curve the Russians out this way. Um, you know, it, it is sort of beneficial in the sense that if you're going to counterattack, right, you have this this strong flank by the Seversky Donetsk. Um, but again, this just isn't quite what you would expect to see if you were if your goal was to um, blunt a Russian offensive and counterattack it. Uh, so that's this may be a repositioning. It may reflect a small counterattack by Ukrainian forces that was unusually successful. Um, I guess it's within the realm of possibility that this could be a, a, a larger like flank, sort of the classic Russian tactic we've seen in this war of encircling uh, cities and territories to cut them off and force uh, your enemy to withdraw. Certainly Russia has and has had for some time this salient here, which as you guys know, if you've if you've been on this channel for any length of time, you know that it's it's not really sustainable um, to have this sort of enemy on three sides type of salient. But we we also know that Ukraine has been extremely disciplined with its willingness to conduct um, even limited counterattacks. They they generally have been doing so um, when only necessary. But again, with increasing frequency. So let's talk a look now near Bakhmut, uh, where, as you guys probably remember from yesterday, there was a significant breakthrough. You can see here, uh, this is yesterday's map, where Russian forces really spiked through at this uh, Yadhine. And you can see here that actually there's been a little bit more of a trade-off. As we've said, salience can't really sustain uh, Russian forces pushing past this roadway here, but they're uh, breakthrough looks to have been blunted somewhat here at Yadhine, maybe along this roadway here as a defensive line. But the important thing is that we're not seeing this breakthrough continue to be exploited. And when you have breakthroughs, uh, hours, right? 24, 48 hours. These, these are, these times matter. And, the fact is Russia achieved a significant breakthrough, but seems like probably it wasn't fully prepared to exploit it. And so as a result, Ukrainian forces were able to reposition reinforcements, probably in the Bakhmut or Ivansky area, get them into position. And 
make it so that if you if Russian forces want to continue to advance, they're going to have to do so um, by re-breaking Ukrainian lines, which you know it was hard to do the first time. It will almost certainly prove challenging the second. Um, still, like you said, there's continuing advance by Russian forces, but you guys can see this is advance over uh, empty territory. Literally, it looks like they've gone from tree line to tree line, uh, a very, very methodical um, grinding method of advance. And again, probably something that that Biden is coming in and saying, this is not how you will win the war. Um, it's not going to happen. We aren't going to fund you for the 15 years it would take for you to meter by meter, you know, grind this conflict out. I mean, you can just see how incredibly hard it would be to retake this territory when you're talking about these sort of does, you know, hundred meters a day type changes. The final change to the territory is at uh, Vasily. Uh, and you can see here, what's interesting is, again, reflecting a small Ukrainian counterattack, pushing Russian forces back to this line here. It's tough to say, again, if this is a repositioning um, or uh, of Russian forces withdrawing to a better defensive position, if it actually is a Ukrainian counterattack. Uh, it's, it's tough to say. But you can see here, right, Russian forces advancing and then somewhat being pushed back over the past three days. I think it's fair to say that this reflects that these two changes probably reflect a somewhat increasing willingness of Ukrainian forces, again, to conduct limited counterattacks, um, probably because possibly they don't want to brief the president uh, on the day of his visit that they've been losing territory. Uh, again, you may think, wow, they're going to let politics decide war. Yes. Von Clausewitz said it in the 1700s, war is a continuation of politics by other means, and don't kid yourself to, and to believe anything otherwise. Um, as you guys can see, there's no uh, uh, reported uh, ground combat. Uh, doesn't mean it's not happening, obviously, just means that, again, ground combat uh, not yet reported on the map today. So uh, the one other note that I thought was pretty interesting about Biden's visit was actually that he deconflicted. Uh, he told the Russians about four hours ahead of time, um, and that was to ensure that they wouldn't uh, launch an accidental or an intentional airstrike on Kiev, not realizing that they were uh, they would have been incidentally targeting the U.S. president. Uh that is called deconfliction, and it is a really good practice, um, simply because Russia probably realizes, despite their propagandists, uh, that they don't actually want to come into conflict with the U.S. military. Uh, again, Russia is currently almost toe-to-toe -to -toe with the Ukrainian armed forces, who consists of people that 12 months ago were lawyers and cab drivers. Uh, so they really, really, really really would not want to find themselves uh, staring down, um, you know, the the uh, 82nd Airborne or I think it's I think it's first Cav that's in Poland now. Um, it, and that's exactly what would happen if uh, Russia, you know, the, the U.S. public would be unable to restrain itself if the U.S. president was killed by a Russian airstrike. Anyway, guys, that is 
almost all I had for you. Um, of course, you guys have seen the viral trench video. Um, you know what I'm talking about. The, they're calling him the Ukrainian Rambo. I'm actually going to do a breakdown of that whole video. I did a partial breakdown last week, but I want to do the full thing probably on Wednesday on the Patreon. Um, the Patreon's where I do all the video breakdowns that I can't do here on YouTube. Um, it's always the week's combat videos uh, every Friday. And it really gives us a lot of insight into taking what we see sort of in the big picture and we can see um, in these drone footage and helmet cam videos uh, a lot of neat information uh, and sort of triangulate the truth of what's going on on the ground. Thanks so much to, of course, my colonel and lieutenant tier patrons, our three colonel tier patrons, EC1978, Predator 7R, and Judith Haynes, and all our lieutenant tier patrons. You guys are the ones who really make this possible and let me to continue to provide this unbiased um, uh, coverage and analysis of the conflict. Anyway, thanks again, guys. I'll see you in the next one.